This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's now 7.46 a.m. on this uh, Thursday, December 27th. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Morning Run. I'm Tan Chung Han with me, Joyce Go. Uh, just before we get to the top business stories of the day, uh, folks, just a heads up. After the 8 a.m. news bulletin, we'll have the breakfast grill. And today we are going to revisit uh, another conversation that we had earlier this year. Have we been doing all of these uh, last uh, few days of 2018? We've been revisiting some of the best conversations of the grill that we've had in 2018. So today we look at the conversation I had with Nobel Peace Prize winner, Professor Dr. Muhammad Yunus, founder of Grameen Bank. Yeah, so since 1983, Grameen Bank has issued about 25 billion US dollars in collateral free loans to the poorest of the poor in Bangladesh, uh, while boasting, I think, a loan repayment rate of 99%. Mm. I remember this grill, Hannah, it's very interesting how, you know, the way they, they land and, yeah. and still the, the not much NPLs at all. Yeah, because normally you, you talk about the creditworthiness of you know uh, these loan applicants before you give it out to them. I mean, there's a discussion that we have on our show many times, right? When we look at say the unaffordability of you know the property sector for many Malaysians, and with these guys with Grameen Bank, right? On one hand, you're lending to the poorest of the poor in Bangladesh, and they get 99 percent mm. of their money back. How on earth? I must say that you know this grill which first aired on August 14th, I literally walked out and you know, I had, well, not literally, but I, I had my mind pretty much blown because so many things that uh, you think the financial system is based on, well, that just got upended after this discussion. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, the uh, Grill with 2006 Nobel Peace Prize winner, Professor Dr. Muhammad Yunus uh, of Grameen Bank. That's coming on after the 8 a.m. news bulletin. Okay, now let's look at some of the top business stories here. Here's a biggie. You've got this exclusive in the Business Times of today's New Streets Times talking about Tan Sri Halim Saad possibly taking over a portion of Kazana's stake in UEM Sunrise. Now, uh, the link between Tan Sri Halim and UEM Sunrise goes all the way back to the Asian financial crisis era. So here we are some 20 plus years later. Could he be actually making a move for a company that he once helmed? Yeah, so uh, BT uh, sources are saying that um, Halim Saad is believed to be eyeing an over 30% stake. So based on UEM Sunrise's market cap of about 2.9 5 billion ringgit a stake of 33% would cost Tan Sri Halim Saad some 974 million ringgit. Mm. So this move, Han, if it goes through, could trigger a MGO, a mandatory general offer. Looking at this right now, Kazana has about a 66% stake in UEM Sunrise. Yeah, now we have seen some moves on the front, right, whereby Kazana is paring down some of its stakes, uh, I think, in IHH Healthcare, uh, mm. with Mitsui emerging as the uh, majority shareholder there, or sorry, a major shareholder there. And we have seen this broader theme coming out of Putrajaya whereby they want to monetize some of their assets, pare down their presence in uh, some equity holdings. Now it's interesting that uh, Tan Sri Halim's uh, name has cropped up because, mm. uh, yet again because uh, he is seen as a protege to, to Ndaim, right? And we know, I mean, without going to all that history there, we know about the debacle about UM Sunrise and Renong and the put options, etc. But then uh, now in this push for uh, the government to uh, monetize some of their assets. It's interesting that, you know, once again, one of the old boys is being relied on. In the lead up to this story, we noted that uh, Tan Sri Halim has been selling his stake 
in um, Sumatec, Sumatec, right? Yeah. Sumatec is a, uh, I believe, the majority shareholder. Let me just double check. Yeah, that one. Uh, largest shareholder. Largest shareholder. Yeah. And I think he's been paring down his stake in Sumatec Resources. That's an oil and gas company. It's mm. also in PN17 already. Mm-hmm. And he disposed his shares. He's been disposing his shares in that company over the past four months. Sold about 54.39 million shares. December 21st via open market. This is according to a Bursa filing. Mm-hmm. So as of December 21st, I think he holds about a 9.28% stake in Sumatec. So that's quite interesting. But you know, Halim, uh, Tanjri Halim Saad, as you said, he's no stranger to corporate Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And he is known to be, what you're saying, a protege of uh, Tun Daim. Mm-hmm. So he actually had first joined Tun Daim's outfit Paramba in 1980. And yeah. at that time, Halim Saad was about 27 is that right? 20, yeah, 1980, 20, 27? That's really? what okay. you're saying. Yeah, Maybe. thereabouts. Okay. I don't know, but that, that's what uh, some news reports say. But mm. in the 1980s, he first joined... Um, he has worked with Tundai. Yeah, because yeah. he's in his 60s now, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, so we'll figure out how old Tansri Halim is later. We'll have some intense look into that. But yeah, it, it's interesting that, that the, uh, you know, the, the um, uh, shall we say, oh, yeah, again, old boys or those names associated with uh, perhaps some dark chapters in corporate Malaysia, you know, at least in terms of M&As, you know, that those have resurfaced now. So why resurface now? Why um, this paring down of that stake in Sumatech as well? Uh, is it to perhaps fund this new acquisition or is it just a good old uh, fundamental play you know because like you mentioned Sumatech PN17 now but mm. four months ago oil prices were at what 85 uh, go- going up to 80 80 plus dollars a barrel now and uh, that sell off of Sumatech had actually begun even back then so anyways uh, this is all just uh, um, well we're, we're trying to piece this together right now, yeah. obviously what this um, piece this exclusive in the business times of the New Straits Times is alluding to is that well hey you know uh, Tan Sri Halim could buy that stake over from Kazana. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and he remember he also had a uh, Tan Sri Halim filed a lawsuit against uh, mm. Kazana and the Dan government that time for for this whole Renong UEM deal, mm. uh, which eventually I think in 2015 he lost his yeah. legal battle uh, to recover about 1.8 billion ringgit over this settlement of this uh, put option thing that right. happened for uh, Renong and UEM. Right. So another common thread there between what happened during what's described as the Black Week in uh, 1997, when there was this massive sell-off in. Uh, Malaysian equities and you look at the sell-off now right and mm. could this be an opportune time for Tan Sri Halim to go in uh, go back I should say go back into UM Sunrise on the cheap because uh, you know Broadly speaking, some 5.6 trillion US dollars have been wiped out of market cap from Asian equities so far this year. Looking at the FBM, KLCI has declined by almost 7% so far this year. Uh, looking at this FBM small cap index, it's declined by almost 35% this year. So could this be an opportune time for um, Tan Sri Halim to then uh, take over that stake from Kazana of UM Sunrise? But then at the same time, you've got to consider, well, you know, Kazana's stake in the UM Sunrise is is less valuable now. Mm-hmm. Is this the right time for Kazana to, to be sell. cashing out? Yeah. yeah. Well, according to an analyst that BT spoke to, they're saying that UM Sunrise's share price that has been dropping, thus making it cheap for acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the share price, the company does have significant assets. They have about four point nine three billion ringgit worth of land for development, with a development value about fourteen point eight billion ringgit. So, what the analyst is suggesting is that Kazana could sell its stake at a price between its net tangible asset value and market cap. 
that. Right. But I think they contacted, BT contacted UM Sunrise's CEO Anwar Sharin Abdul Ajib and when contacted, he said that he was not in a position to comment on the matter. This right. story about Tanjri Halim emerging into um, UM Yeah, so, so beyond all these noise, or well, if you want to call it noise, uh, you know, if you look at the, say, the fundamentals of UM Sunrise, uh, they have posted a net profit of 260 million ringgit for the first three quarters of this year. Uh, top line uh, revenue that is coming in at 1.3 billion ringgit for the first nine months of this year. But looking at some quarter-on-quarter performance though, so for the third quarter, their uh, revenue, UM Sunrise, almost halved down to 430 million ringgit, although for the second quarter, they did better on year. Uh, First quarter of this year, they saw their uh, revenue also uh, falling by about um, 150-200 million ringgit uh, year-on-year. Looking at the bottom line though, net income Income. So third quarter, there a drastic drop in their bottom line for the third quarter. Um, the second quarter, though, they saw a rebound in fortunes uh, coming from a net loss in the second quarter of 2017 up to a net profit of 206 million ringgit in the second quarter. First quarter was uh, pretty much flat there in terms of net income. So that's a look at the uh, fundamentals story of uh, UM Sunrise. Is that what's driving this deal mm. or is it due to good old valuations? and perhaps this government push to monetize some of their holdings. Yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, how much assets they have, as I mentioned, they have about five, nearly 5 billion ringgit worth of land for development. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what projects or how are they going to unlock that value for yeah. that asset. I wish this story came out um, before I did the grill with UM Agenda. Now, granted, Agenda is separate from UM Sunrise, but mm-hmm. I wonder what's going on. Uh, in that group. Yeah, in that group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so we'll continue monitoring that story. Again, if you want to check it out, it's uh, an exclusive um in today's Business Times. That's the New Straits Times, Business Times. Okay, moving on to another story. We've got, um, well, I mean, and still in keeping with that theme as to what could drive this move by Tantri Salim, it's because of the sell-off in equities, right? And uh, UEM Sunrise shares have been cheaper. And it's not just confined to UEM Sunrise. This sell-off is not just a Malaysian theme, it's a global theme. I think looking at Asian equities, some 56 trillion US dollars in market cap has been wiped out so far this year. And uh, the FBM KLCI is no stranger to that. We have seen the uh, net selling by foreign investors out of Malaysian equities. Yet to date, the FBM KLCI has uh, posted a decline of 6.9%. Well, I think in recent days, I think uh, the FBM KLCI is still, I mean, it's been trending down. It failed to continue its uptrend in the past trading days, drifting into market correction. I think investors are spooked to add uh, US equities inch closer into a bear market Mm -hmm. as well as oil prices that's dipping at one time, it did below $50 per barrel uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, but yeah. then it rebounded. It rebounded. And, yeah, so Brent uh, ended up 9.2%, up to $54.47. Recall yesterday, we were talking about how uh, oil is, or Brent futures are nearing that $50 mark. Yeah. I think $50.47, mm-hmm. which would... 38 uh, cents at one time. Yeah, mm-hmm. which would then trigger uh, the Ministry of Finance here in Malaysia, perhaps re-looking at um, the uh, budget, budget 2019. 2019 yeah. yeah, and then looking at US stocks as well, you know, they're all getting about anything from about 5 to 6% there overnight. So question is, well, is this just a one-off rebound or is this going to be a sustained uh, rebound in equities and oil prices? Well, uh, the 
Starbiz spoke to Head of Research for Inter-Pacific Securities, Bong Ting Siu. He did not rule out the possibility for the stock market to drop further in the last three trading days of 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he pointed out that there's not much room for further downtrend. Uh, he also said that unless all prices show signs of improvement, the US stocks uh, will continue to create bad sentiment among local investors. Yeah. So yeah, I guess no more um, window dressing when it comes to year-end for the stock markets yeah. this year. Well, and that's why you know you got like we mentioned yesterday, JP Morgan then outlining three reasons why they think you know, now's a good time to buy Asian stocks. Uh, one, you got the US dollar uh, outlook that's set to weaken next year with mm. just uh, two Fed rate hikes. So a lot of the uh, upper trajectory there on US interest rates that's been baked in. Uh, something else is the uh, th- the fears over the US China trade war that appears to be well priced in as well. Can't recall the uh, third uh, reason, but you know you can go check out that story. I think it's on CNBC and also. There's all these reasons and factors that uh, essentially go into determining the risk appetite for not just Malaysian equities, but uh, Asian equities and just equities uh, in as, general. An, as a class in it's general. It's just the yeah. sentiment, right? So we have news coming out that uh, OSK Holdings, they have permanently scrapped the listing of its indirect subsidiary OCC Cables Limited on the main board of uh, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. I think the reason stated was due to the continuous adverse global market conditions. Mm. So it looks like the volatility in the market is not just affecting uh, you know in, um, appetite for M&A right so perhaps Tan Sri Halim side going in and buying up a stake in UM Sunrise but it's also perhaps forcing some others to delay IPO plans there so it's not just uh, OSK we also understand that in Hong Kong the Fosun uh, Tourism Fosun. Group yeah mm. you know they are they're the ones who operate the club, club net. Yeah. yeah right so they have cut the size of its IPO in Hong Kong down to almost half uh, because of the uh, dampened risk appetite out there in the market. Actually, Han, also I think Singapore entrepreneur and tycoon Ron Sim, he aborted its, his plans to list V3 Group Limited in Hong Kong. Mm. Uh, also, I think V3 Group is the largest maker of massage chairs. Yeah. Uh, this is the Osim brand. So he, ah. uh, yeah, so they actually um, aborted its plan to list in Hong Kong as well. This yeah. was a couple of months ago. So I know on this program we uh, talked about QSR brands and you know ah, yeah you know the, the IPO right mm. we've been following those proposed IPO plans for a while now mm-hmm. so given the volatility that we're seeing in equity markets right now I wonder what those guys at QSR are thinking right now do they go through with it or maybe push it or delay it some more some more because mm. there was this whole rumor I think there was some expectation that they might list this year and mm. some news flow came out from it potentially this year I think they're saying they're going to go ahead relisting that came out this year but until today they haven't listed yet so maybe they're looking at next year yeah well there are mm. only three more trading days and uh, <laughs> I don't see anything yeah but um, if they do list I think they have big plans for expansion mm. it's one of the reasons I think uh, for their restaurant business yeah, uh, yeah. good old uh, Pizza Hut uh, KFC. KFC right and we you actually, had them on the grill yeah, yeah we had them on the grill uh, so if you want to listen to that interview can listen uh, to it on the BFM app alright uh, now let's uh, very quickly look at Genting now because it looks like they've been hit with another legal tussle. So an, uh, an indirect wholly owned subsidiary uh, under Gunting Group called Resorts World Las Vegas. They are being sued by Wynn Resorts. Uh, they are saying that one of the properties in Las Vegas that Gunting is developing over there perhaps looks too similar to Wynn Resorts. Yeah, so Wynn Resorts is claiming copyright infringement over the architectural design of Resorts World Las Vegas Hotel and Casino. They allege that the designs are 
quite similar to their own designs employed on their properties. So as a result of that, Gunting and Gunting Malaysia's shares dropped yesterday. Yeah, uh, so we'll certainly keep an eye out on how uh, both Genting and Genting shares perform when markets open in about an hour or so from now. Interestingly, when Las Vegas and Resorts World Las Vegas, they are located opposite each other on mm. the Las Vegas trip. Yeah, same, same, but different. Not really, <laughs> not the same. All right, we're coming up to the 8 a.m. news bulletin. And don't forget, after that, we've got a replay of the Breakfast Grill with a 2006 Nobel Peace Prize winner, uh, Professor Dr. Muhammad Yunus. Stay tuned right here to BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.